Conservative Daily is back. It is Open Line Friday, so give us a call. And now here's your host, Max McGuire. Welcome back to Hour 2 of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Had a great first hour talking with Jeff. Make sure you go back and watch that if you haven't already. Open Line Friday now. Mr. Producer, if you could mute your microphone so we don't hear you working in the background. There we go. Sorry, we, we're, we're getting a couple of new producers trained. My bad. Josh isn't going anywhere. It's okay. Josh isn't going anywhere. We just um, we just want to make sure that uh, that we have other people trained so that if Josh is out, we can still go and everyone knows how to do it. Um, Josh is, is there. He's he's training. Um, we're just This is a trial by fire situation. He's in the background. Um, people asking, did I say why I was late? We went live on time during our normal time slot. We're, we're going to be changing the time slot. We're trying to figure out when we want to go in the future, how we want the show to be. So we're going to be changing the time slot. I know we want to do something in the morning. We want to do something in the evening, whether or not it's one show separated or it's two different shows. That's kind of one of the things that we're working out right now. Um, but we went live on our normal time slot today. And uh, maybe by Monday, maybe Tuesday, we'll, we'll, you'll see us switching over to a different time slot. The conservative atheist says, does Josh get his own conspiracy th- show? I don't know. That, that seemed like it'd be fun. I don't know if it'd be a daily show. Josh, are, are you there? You want to chime in on that? Is Matt, Josh, uh, is, is Josh, Josh has stepped there? out. Um, oh, he just but, stepped out. You know, okay. I'm sure he'd jump at the, at the prospect of, yeah, of yeah. doing that. <laughs> I, I would like Josh to have a, a weekly or a monthly conspiracy show. I think that'd be fun. A little... Uh, <laughs> A little bit of like a Twilight Zone uh, kind of thing. I think it'd be fun. Uh, Alex Walker says, "Don't mess with Crowder or Tim Pool's times." Yeah, that's one of the things that we have to we have to look at. We have to figure out when we would go live and um, who we'd be competing against. Right? It's not that we can't compete against anyone, but if if there's a time slot that has five people on it. Um, it doesn't, it wouldn't necessarily make sense to all of a sudden just compete with them. Right. And also at the same time, if we are competing, for example, if we were to compete with Steve Bannon, then we wouldn't be able to be on Steve Bannon's show. So there's lots of considerations like that. Um, but we're, we're going to figure it out and we will be changing it up. I don't think we will not be live at this time, but the good news is what we're trying to do is we're trying to build out a, a podcast network. So while we might not be at this time slot. Our goal would be to have other shows hosted by other people throughout the day, making up a podcast network. So um, it's kind of like an online television network, right? Where every hour you either have original content or you have replays um, filling out the entire day. So trying to figure that out, trying to set the foundation so we can figure out um, when we would go and who would fill in those gaps. That's what we're trying to work on. But uh, yes, I, I think no matter what, we're going to conflict with someone. I mean, when we were when we were live right now, we used to be conflicting. And when we first started, we were conflicting with uh, with Rush Limbaugh. No, we were conflicting with Hannity. We were conflicting with Hannity when we went live. So there's always going to be someone, and uh, it's just it's just mitigating that and reducing it as much as possible. So stay tuned. We will uh, <laughs> we we will let you know as that changes. It will be soon though. One of the things that I was talking with Jeff about is these big tech overlords, the censors, um, uh, uh, them controlling the narrative. And there's been something crazy happen, crazy happened in the last day. If we go to my screen, Mr. Producer, 
This was a fact check that was put out by USA Today, Daniel Funk. A new fact check, he writes, a viral photo makes it look like President Biden checked his watch during a ceremony honoring U.S. service members killed in Kabul, but that's misleading. They actually claimed, USA Today, fact checked and claimed that, that Joe Biden did not look at his watch. They claimed that he looked at his watch just seconds after the fallen soldiers had been loaded into the vans. And therefore, according to them, it was not during the ceremony, but immediately afterwards. Unfortunately for the fact checkers, they didn't actually check the facts. They didn't check the tape until afterwards. And they were quickly corrected that Joe Biden looked at his, his watch multiple times throughout the entire ceremony, not immediately afterwards. So they had a little bit of egg on their face. They put this fact check up. It, it had hit a bunch of different people on social media, hurt their livelihoods, hurt their channel's ability to reach an audience. And then it turns out to be that no, it's a complete lie. Debbie Sheridan says he looked at it after each co coffin. I heard 13 times, which may have been after each coffin. So they corrected it. They corrected it. And that's what you're supposed to do when you're, when you're a media outlet. You're supposed to correct the record when you make a mistake. We do that here. We just don't make a ton of mistakes. So you don't hear a lot of corrections. But this is the correction that they ran. If you go ahead and put up my screen. Corrections and clarifications, they write. This story was updated September 2nd to note that Biden checked his watch multiple times at the dignified transfer event, including during the ceremony itself. The rating on this claim has been changed from partly false to missing context. Let that sink in. People said on social media, Joe Biden looked at his watch during the dignified transfer ceremony. They rated it as false. They issued a correction saying, yes, he did do that. But then they said he was missing context. Do you know why they said he was missing context? Well, you want to have a guess? They said he was miss, it was miss, still missing context because while Joe Biden may have looked at his watch, he still honored the fallen soldiers. So this isn't even a fact check anymore. This is just an opinion piece. They're claiming that, yes, it is true that he looked at his, fact, at his watch, but in their opinion, he was more dignified than undignified, and therefore it's unfair to say he didn't want to be there. It's insanity. It really, it really truly is insanity, but that's what we're living with here. That's what we're living with these social media tech companies. And it's not even the tech companies. The tech companies smartly have outsourced this to the media companies. So social media, social media was the, one of the biggest disruptors in traditional media outlets, right? You, you saw for, for years, for decades, whether it just be uh, newspapers or radio or television, these big companies have had control over what news reaches what people. And social media upended that. Social media upended that to the point where media companies were actually going out of business. They were going out of business because the little guy could reach more, just as many people as they could without having to pay for airtime or, or pay for all that equipment. So legacy, the legacy media got pissed. And instead of, we see this all the time. We see this all the time with established businesses. For example, in New York City with the taxi medallions. The taxi medallions, in New York City, you pay hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy a taxi medallion. And that medallion basically just says you have the right to own and operate a taxi. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. People actually got mortgages out on their taxi medallions. Well, when Uber and Lyft came along, those taxi medallions became next to worthless. So what did the taxi companies do? Did they adapt? Did they say, oh, we're going to come out with technology that lets you hail us 
from your phone. We're going to try and provide a better service. We're going to give you a bottle of water when you come in like like Uber does. No. What they did is they used their power to push to make it harder for Uber and Lyft and other ride-sharing companies to compete. Well, the same deal is happening with legacy media. They didn't change their model to be able to compete on social media. They worked with social media to kick the little guys out. So today, you have USA Today is able to issue a bullshit fact fact check and put little guy media companies out of business. Because if you lose your social media profile profiles, yeah, a personal profile, you lose it, whatever. You go on with your life. But when you have invested thousands, tens of thousands of dollars into creating a brand on these different platforms and it gets taken down because your competition makes something up, that's collusion. It's it's corporate collusion. They're colluding with the tech companies to shut down their competition. It'd be one thing. I mean, it's bad enough that you have the lead stories like that, that terrible website. I mean, we, we've talked about that for, for months. They have an entertainment reporter over there. I don't even remember her name. It's not worth remembering. An entertainment reporter who fact checks me. And like when you actually go to her bio, she's like she was on E! Network talking about the royal family. And all of a sudden she's arguing with me over United Nations politics. But she still issued a fact check on us and it hurt our show for a month and a half, two months. It, it, the lead stories is bad enough, but when you have actual, actual competition, when your competition is allowed to silence you, that's a bigger problem than anything we've seen before. Because USA Today, whether they realize it or not, they are our competition. We are their competition. Now, we will never compete, maybe one day. But right now, we're not at their level. They reach much more, many more people than us. But all of the little guys can outcompete them for sure. That's why they want to take all of us down. But, you know, we, we have a big, big challenge on our hands if we're going to take this country back because everything, everything is stacked against us. The, uh, as we talked about, the police and the, and the prosecutors are stacked against us. And the minute you go out and protest, they're going to make something up about you. They'll make something up about you. There are people in prison. There's at least one person in jail right now because he went inside the Capitol and used the bathroom. The police officer held the door open for him, gestured for him to walk inside. He walked on in, used the bathroom, and left. And now he's in jail <laughs> for unlawful entry of a building. I mean, if that isn't a setup, I don't know what is. But that that's what has so many people scared. I mean, January 6th, before it devolved into that chaos, was the biggest conservative protest movement that I've seen since the Tea Party, probably in, in Washington, D.C., probably since Glenn Beck had his rally. If anyone remembers that, it was like 2010, 2011, around there. Glenn Beck had a big rally on the National Mall. I was there. I was there with my, with my family. I mean, what happened on January 6th was probably the biggest conservative protest since then. And yes, it devolved into chaos at the Capitol. Those people were not listening to Donald Trump speak. We've talked about this at length on the show. It was not possible for anyone to run that quickly from the ellipse to the Capitol building after Donald Trump ended his speech, nor was it possible for anyone at the Capitol to have heard Donald Trump speak. Um, it, was, it was the biggest protest. And look what they did. People lost their jobs. Not because they entered the Capitol building, because they were on the other side of the National Mall listening to the sitting president of the United States give a speech. That is true. People went to the Ellipse, 
listened to the speech, and when they got home, they were branded as a white supremacist and they lost their job. They didn't go anywhere near the Capitol building. People have been arrested, arrested, because they were overheard talking about how they were at the Capitol by a stewardess on a flight, and the stewardess turned them in so they could be arrested. Stewardess didn't like their politics. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if a Tea Party could survive today. I don't know. I, I hope it can. I hope I hope we mobilize. I really do. The one of the key problems that I see from the Tea Party is that after the Tea Party became a, after the Tea Party started, it became a money game. There were so many different Tea Party organizations, Tea Party USA, all the different names. And they were all in it for the money. And none of them, and none of them worked together because they were more interested in making their, their money than actually affecting change. So what happened was the Tea Party movement got fractured. So many people claimed to be owning it and running it. that You had like 10 Tea Party organizations. And what happened after that? Barack Obama used the IRS to stop new Tea Party organizations from forming. That was a direct, that was a direct response. It's a direct response. The lowest learner would not have done what she did if there wasn't a Tea Party movement. So the question is, do you trust the IRS to allow new nonprofits to form now to fight back against Biden? I don't. There's so much stacked against us. Absolutely. So much stacked against us. But you don't get to pick your battle. You don't get to pick when and where you fight. You don't get to pick any of that. The fight's at your doorstep. It's been here a while. It's been waiting for you to open that door. The fight is at your doorstep, whether you like it or not. And I'm not talking about literal fighting, though. As Jeff said, that is one of the options available to a free people to rid themselves of a tyrannical government. That is armed revolution. Like him, I hope we never get there. Truly, I hope we never get there. My baby's too damn cute. Little baby Michael, 10, 10 months old. I don't want to go off to war and leave him behind. I want to see my kids grow up. I want to be there when they get married. I want to be there when they graduate high school and college. I don't want to die in a civil war. But I'll tell you, we're getting closer and closer to the point. We're closer to the point than any time we've, since we've started this podcast, that's for sure. Close to the point where rational, reasonable people can conclude that the only way they can get to their son's wedding or their daughter's wedding is armed revolution, where they don't believe it's possible that there won't even be a country at that point if we don't fix this. That's what we're getting towards. That's what we're getting towards. And for the first time in modern America, that protest movement, th those pissed off Americans, instead of being listened to, they're being degraded. They're being denigrated. They're, they're being called names. I mean, we went through, I went through on the podcast about all the actual insurrections, right? For example, like the Whiskey Rebellion, Shays Rebellion. Times when Americans actually took up physical arms against the United States Army. They shot at George Washington's troops because they felt the, the country had become too tyrannical, had, had levied taxes on their goods that they didn't think was constitutional or fair. And what happened to the people who actually shot at U.S. soldiers? At least one U.S. soldier I can remember died in these engagements. What happened to the insurrections, like bona fide insurrections? They were pardoned. They were pardoned because even then, even after they shot at George, Washington, George Washington's troops, 
the reasonable heads the reasonable heads prevailed and they understood if we have ever any chance of saving this country of building this country of rebuilding this country you don't put the opposition on, on trial you don't send them off to the gallows you don't kill your opposition you listen to what they're talking about you listen to their grievances and where there is room for reasonable compromise you do it you do it because it is better to be together than to be separated. It's the it's Abraham Lincoln. The house divided amongst itself cannot stand. We are so damn divided right now. I'm shocked that the house is still standing. Like I was looking at, we were talking about the polls. Talk about the polls. Do you know that one in three Americans actually still believes that Joe Biden did a good job withdrawing from Afghanistan? How do you live with those people? How can one in three Americans look at the same thing we're looking at, looking at Americans being left behind, looking at Shabir's story of his pregnant wife with an American citizen in her womb, being at the gate, having the paperwork, and the United States not letting her in? How do, how do one in three Americans look at that and say, yep, this is good. Yep, this is great. I talked to someone who actually told me that Joe Biden didn't leave any military equipment to the Taliban. It was all destroyed before we withdrew. He actually told me that. I don't know where he's getting his information. Not only is that not true, but the Taliban have Black Hawk helicopters. They're flying them around and they're hanging people from the neck until dead below them. I mean, it's just very obviously not true. The equipment has been put onto trucks and is already in Iran. We covered that yesterday. But how do you have, how do you have a country where one in every three people are so deluded that they put all facts aside and they just go with their gut and say, yep, this was done well. Where 13 U.S. servicemen and women were killed by a suicide bomber that a Pentagon, uh, that a U.S. drone operator had in his sights, could have stopped it, asked for permission to fire the shot, and it came down from Biden's Pentagon Stand down, do not fire the shot. Instead, that armed drone became nothing but a surveillance drone, and they watched as that suicide bomber killed all those Americans. How do you look at that and conclude that this is the way it should be? And that is what is so flipping. I won't make Josh, it's Friday. I won't make him actually censor me. That is what is so effing frustrating about all of this. There will always be... Yeah, there will always be people so deluded, so absolutely deluded that they're sitting in the house as it's on fire. And just like their meme, they're sitting there drinking their coffee and saying, this is fine. This is fine. This is the way it should be. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know how we fix this. It, 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 it obviously is fixable. One way or another, this is fixable. And that's not a call to violence. It's just explain it the way it is one way or another this is all fixable i hope and i pray that every single peaceful way to resolve this situation is exhausted before anyone even considers armed revolution i hope and i pray it never happens but every day we, we we're closer and closer to it and we're not driving us closer for all of the talk from joe biden of that that conservatives are the threat that white people, white conservatives are the biggest threat facing our country. For all of that talk, we are not driving this forward. At the end of the day, we just all want to be left alone. 
We, we want to be left to live our lives, raise our families, work our jobs, and go on vacation and spend some time with friends and family. This week, the CDC's director said if you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't travel. You shouldn't travel this Labor Day. Don't travel. Just hide in your house. And if you are vaccinated, make sure you wear a mask, mask the whole time. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, that pisses conservatives the hell off. They work all day, all year, right? They work through the summer, many people. Finally have a holiday weekend where they can spend time with their friends and family. And the, the health officials who actually get paid with our tax dollars tell us, nope, I understand you've been working really hard all year, all summer. I understand that you have this vacation planned. Don't go. Don't go. If you go, you're going to kill people. You're going to kill people. And if you go, make sure you wear a mask over your face, even when you're inside, even when you're around your own kids. Drummer Die says it's insufferable. It's becoming insufferable. Like, how, how, how do you live with this? How do we all live with this? I mean, I'm, I'm so tightly wound. I'm in the house. The slightest thing just sets me off. And my wife's like, yeah, you're really in a bad mood today. And I don't even know why I'm in a bad mood. Like, I have two beautiful kids. I have a wife. I have a house. I have a job, right? I have, I have pets that are kind of assholes, but whatever. I, I shouldn't be in a bad mood. But I see everything else going to hell around me. And it, and it just sets me off. Every day just sets me off. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to my wife. It's not fair to anyone. But I'm not alone. I pray I'm not alone. I pray I'm not the only one who is depressed over what's happening in this country. I, mean, I, I try to come out here and I try to, to present the facts as we see them, the facts that the mainstream media won't cover. And it's so depressing. It's so depressing. We have open line Fridays today. 888-441-1121 is our number. We have open line Fridays today, and you'll notice there was not a single cut played today. I don't have a single cut. I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Nothing's changed. It's just as crappy as it was yesterday. I don't want to listen to Joe Biden, watch him run away from a podium again. I don't want to watch him blaming the, the catastrophe of these latest job numbers on something else other than his policy. I mean, he gave a speech. He gave a speech where he said his economic policies are working, but simultaneously unconnected. We just had the worst job numbers ever. But that was the Delta variant's fault. That was Delta variant's fault. We would have had better job numbers if conservatives wore their masks, not my economic policies. It's not my my twisted, my twisted Robin Hood policies of taking from business owners and giving to <laughs> giving to the people who don't even want to pay their rent. It's not that, right? It's not that has nothing to do with it. It's just it's the mask wearers, it's the vaccinations. That's what we need. I mean, I, I don't want to play that for you. I, I, and and Zach says, lose hope, lose a battle. I'm not losing hope. I'm just as hopeful as I ever have been. Because I talk, for every one person that I talk to who's deluded and says, oh, Biden did a great job, I talk to a dozen others who say they're so sorry that they voted for him or that they're so sorry they sat 2020 20, 20 out. Right? For every one crazy person who's going to just keep digging until they reach China, 
I, I hear I hear from a dozen people who actually have woken up. And that and that is super exciting. The problem is, until you actually fix the election fraud, it doesn't matter. There's a new report coming out. Apparently, there's a video that is going to be released soon showing 240 people, ballot harvesters in Georgia, dumping ballots into drop boxes in the dead of night. This was on Bannon's show earlier. I don't, I don't know if you, you heard about it. The video is not out yet, but the video will soon be released showing paid ballot harvesters dumping entire backpacks of ballots into ballot collection boxes in the dead of night, wearing gloves to make sure their fingerprints weren't on it. I mean, even if we wake everyone up, even if we wake all the never Trumpers up, even if we wake the Democrats up that the Democrat Party doesn't care about them, even if we wake up the holier than thou we're the true conservatives, GOP establishments. Even if we do that, even if we put everyone at the polls, everyone, and even if we win by a huge numbers, you cannot beat the election fraud industrial complex. That is what it is. Just as Eisenhower warned about the military industrial complex, that the military defense, uh, defense contractors would always be pushing us towards war, because that's how they make their money. The same is true with voter fraud. These aren't people who want to win because they just like it when Democrats win. These people want to win because it brings them money. It brings them power. This is the election fraud industrial complex. These so-called nonprofits that are doing the ballot harvesting, right? The election lawyers, the Mark Elias, his group going around the country and fighting tooth and nail to, to make elections as insecure as possible. They're not doing it altruistically. They're doing it because they want power. They want money. They want prestige. They're just as dangerous as the Boeings, as the Lockheed Martins, pushing us towards armed conflict because they want to sell more cruise missiles. They are just as dangerous. And they're more dangerous. They put a dementia patient in the White House. So yeah, it's, I'm not losing hope. Anyone thinks I'm losing hope, I'm not losing hope. You have to be hopeful. You have to wake up every day and be hopeful that the next day will be better. And that, that maybe it's finally turning. Maybe it's finally turning. <clears throat> but when you have one of those calls with a friend and they say that Joe Biden did a great job and that no military equipment was left behind, I don't, I, I don't know how you, you reason with those people. I don't know how you reason with them. <coughs> Sorry, I got something in my throat. This was pretty crazy. I saw this today. Again, our number 888-441-1121 if you want to call in. I'm going to put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This was a Facebook warning that was given to a group called Canning Simple Recipes Food Gardening Preserving and Crafting Group. This is a group about canning foods. So you, you basically, you pickle foods, you put them in a can, you put them in your, in your closet, your pantry, and you store them long term. This is a warning from Facebook. Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming too prepared? We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support. Get support. So now <clears throat> it's gardening, preserving, and crafting is now too radical for Facebook. Where does it end? Where does it end? And they say ivermectin. 
Ivermectin. I'm not, I'm no Ivermectin fanboy. I'm no Ivermectin fanboy at all. But to see the media come out against it, come out against it so forcefully, and to call it a horse dewormer, which, yes, that is one of the purposes of Ivermectin. Is 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 a is used in livestock. It's one of the ways you can buy it without a prescription. Absolutely true. Did you know that every refugee coming into the United States from Africa, uh, the Middle East, the Caribbean, and a couple other areas of the world? Do you know that every other refugee coming in from those areas is is like either recommended or required by the CDC and, and other government agencies to have a dose of a couple doses of ivermectin before they reach the United States? Did you know that? I mean, this is this is the same deal with hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine, one of the safest drugs on the market. It's been used in third world countries without even a doctor, and they're using it prophylactically, right? Oh, it's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make your heart explode. Same deal with ivermectin. The guy who created it got a Nobel Prize for it. It is a required, it is a required drug. If you want to enter the United States as a refugee. But no, now it's been rebranded as horse paste. Which, yes, there is horse paste. And yes, it is a bad idea to just take horse paste. It is not a good idea. Like, there are some things you can get away with. And I'm not a doctor, so I'm not recommending you do it. But there are many resources out there that that explain in emergency situations where you could take things like fish antibiotics in a pinch. I'm not recommending you do that, but it's well documented that you could do certain things like that in a pinch, in like an end of the world scenario where you really need antibiotics. Taking horse ivermectin now is very dangerous. It just is. If you don't get the dose right, dangerous. You just don't don't do it. <laughs> it's, it's dangerous. But people wouldn't feel the need to do that if they weren't being given prescriptions for ivermectin that were being denied at the pharmacy. A doctor prescribes someone ivermectin, seeing studies that say it could work. I mean, look at Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan got Joe Rogan, the podcaster, uh, UFC commentator. He got COVID this week, and he threw the kitchen sink at it. He got the antibody treatments. He got ivermectin. He got a drip of, of vitamins and 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 Z pack. All that. He threw the kitchen sink at him. At it when he said ivermectin, the left exploded at him. They weren't saying, oh, wow, so glad it worked for you. They were pissed that it worked. They were pissed that it worked. They wanted him to die. They would rather Joe Rogan die than be able to say, I took this drug and I'm feeling better. What the hell is with that? I mean, I think we know what that's all about. We've talked about this on the show a lot. There's lots of interests at play here who do not want other drugs to work. They have a lot of money invested in the fact that these drugs cannot be allowed to work. There are special political interests that do not want the pandemic to end. If you are a Democrat, you do not want the pandemic to end. No, they're going to ride this forever. This is their new normal. If you're a county health commissioner, you've just been given absolute power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well documented in history. We've seen county health officials who, as I've said, before this, you could have passed them on the street, wouldn't even, wouldn't even know who they are. Consumed by this new power. You see the coroners, which as I said, in many parts of the country, you don't technically have to be a doctor to become the coroner if it's an elected position. 
We've seen coroners abuse their power and list COVID-19 as de on death certificates that probably shouldn't have been there. Hospitals, well-documented, listing COVID-19 as the primary cause of death. Why? Because it gives them more money from the feds. I, I don't like to think as a conspiracy theorist. theorist. I don't. But there is a non-zero possibility. I'm going to say this in a way that doesn't get us banned on social media. Let me think about it. how am I going to say it? There is a non-zero possibility, non-zero percent possibility that at least that someone in a hospital put a COVID patient on a ventilator that killed them because they wanted that, what, 48,000, 50,000 from the federal government. There is a non-zero chance that hospitals have knowingly killed people in order to get that money from the feds. And that's terrifying. That, that's terrifying. I hope it's not true. I think it's, there's, I think it's probably a non-zero. I also think there's a, a very good chance that hospitals listed COVID-19 as on a death certificate when it shouldn't have been there so they could get that money. I think it's a, there's a very good chance of it. I, I would say that history would will, will, will prove it, but I don't know if history will. Do you really think the people, the leftists who write the history books, are gonna are gonna write about this in a fair and in a fair and open minded manner? No. No, the history books are gonna write about ivermectin as horse paste, and they're gonna make fun of anyone who took it, even if it was prescribed by a doctor, as being some crazy that took horse paste. History books aren't fair. History. None of this is fair. Which is what. <laughs> Which is what's just so frustrating about all of it. It's why I'm just so wound so tightly. You see everything. We know how to fix it. We know how to fix this, right? You fix the election issues by having in-person voting. Make election day a national holiday, but make everyone vote in person. Period. Done. Fixed it. Next. I mean, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, but no, they don't want to make election day a holiday. They don't want to make... Um, voter ID free. They don't want to actually solve the problems. They'd much rather just keep the corruption going. We know how to stop people from being left behind in foreign countries. You get Joe Biden the hell out of the White House. Oh, Kamala Harris is, is worse. Yes, she is worse. But you know what? Joe Biden committed treason. I don't say that word lightly. If you've been following the show, you know I, I refrain from using that word as much as possible. But he surrendered Kabul to the terrorists. They said, do you want it? He said, now you can take it. That's treason. Joe Biden's administration handed over the list of Americans stuck behind the Taliban lines, gave it to the Taliban. They're now using it to hunt down their adversaries. That's treason. You, you don't let a treasonous president stay in office because his vice president's worse. No, you kick him the hell to the curb, and then you, and then you go after her. And you remove her. She's, she's impeachable on day one. Absolutely. But I hear from so many people, oh no, we, we have to just we have to just let it go. We have to just let it go. Mother Mayhem saying, how will history explain Hunter Biden? They won't. History will not explain Hunter Biden. They will say that there was a Russian conspiracy to drag Hunter Biden down in the lead up to the election and the brave people in social media companies stopped it from smearing a good family's name. That's how the history books will probably remember it. 
which is why it's so damn important for you to sh- for you all, whether you have kids or not, show up at your school board meetings, like the one we covered yesterday in California. Show up and push back. Because, yeah, sure, the textbooks get written that way. It doesn't have to be taught that way. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be this way. We are better than this. This country deserves better than this. And I think that's what's so heartbreaking. I think that's what's so heartbreaking. When you see a kid coming home from school wearing a mask. I saw this the other day. He got off the bus. It's like it's 105 degrees here in Texas. Gets off the bus. He's wearing his mask. And he keeps wearing his mask outside. He doesn't have to walk far, but he's walking from one end of the neighborhood to the other. And he walked in 105 degree heat wearing his mask. There's no science to support that. Alone? They could kill you in Texas. Anyone who's tried to wear a mask outdoors in in the Texas August heat, that could kill you. That kid's been brainwashed to think that this is just what you have to do. I had my property tax. The, the only the, the highlight of my day, I won my property tax challenge in Texas. Texas doesn't have um, income tax. So one of the ways that they tax you is through property tax. Do you know, they tried to increase my home value by about a third. They tried to increase it by about a third. They tried to add about $70,000 to the taxable value of my house. That's what they tried to do. I walk. I, I I wasn't even allowed to walk in there because of COVID. I was allowed to do it last year. I was allowed to do it the year before, but this year, different. COVID had to do it by Zoom. Very nice lady, um, but she's she's like, yeah, yeah, no, we uh we believe this is the value of the house, and I I just start walking her through all the comps, and explain why this is complete BS, and it took me about an hour, it took me about an hour to wear her down and to have her admit. That my house is not suddenly seventy grand more ex- more valuable than it was the year prior. Now I get it; houses have gone up in value. I get that, but <laughs> it did go up that much. They're trying to increase my my taxable rate by thirty five percent year over year. And then she comes in and she says, "Well, actually, if you look, the market rate of the houses in your neighborhood have gone up thirty five percent year over year." And I stop her and I say, that doesn't mean anything. Look at the sale prices. The market rate, that's just all of my neighbors who didn't bother to protest theirs. So they, 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 were, they successfully raised their 60, 70 grand in a year. And they just let it happen. Idiot neighbors. Let it happen. So that was a victory for me today. I'm happy about this. <laughs> I don't know if you see. Super happy about this right now. No, I, I am happy. I am happy about it. But I'll have to do it again next year. For the last three years, they've tried to increase my property value, uh, my house value for tax purposes. 50 grand first year, 60 grand second year. Now they're trying 70 grand this year. Every time I win, they just try and get me the next year. Not going to work. Not going to work at all. This podcast, what will work though, if you need it, is Air Med Care Network. Should you ever be airlift, need to be airlifted for a medical emergency, Air Med Care Network will make sure you get there. Unlike the Joe Biden administration, they will not leave you behind. It's very expensive being airlifted to a hospital. And we don't get to always choose how we get to a hospital or where a medical emergency strikes. And you'd be surprised at how many people in the suburbs or even urban environments have to be airlifted to a hospital just because of traffic. Air MedCare Network exists to make sure you don't have to worry about the cost. Up to, it costs upwards of 60 grand in some areas of the country. It can bankrupt you. 
Imagine that. You need to get to the hospital, but the only way to get there will bankrupt you. Well, you don't have to worry about that with AirMed Care Network. It starts at just $85. $85 for one year gives, gives you coverage for you, your spouse, your household. It works out to be less if you're a senior citizen, and it works out to be less by year if you buy three or five years at a time. And when you sign up with the link in our description as a bonus, and this is the last day that this ad is running, AirMed Care Network is not signed up with us anymore. So I think this is it. So if you want to get in on it, if you've been waiting, if you've been thinking, hey, I'll wait, maybe it'll get better. It's not going to get better. This is the best deal you're going to find. Go to the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And when you use promo code daily, they're going to give you up to $50 back. It's free money. Free money. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So we do have a caller. We have Patrick on the line. Patrick, welcome to the show. Hey, Max. Uh, nice to talk to you again. Uh, Good to talk to you again. I apologize for one. I apologize for beating the fall of Afghanistan dead horse. Uh, but no, no, it's I fine. Wanted to talk, it's fine. I, I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk to you about the idea of accountability um, mm-hmm. when it comes to you know our leaders in Washington and this giant catastrophe that happened. Uh, you remember, I'm sure you remember the uh, battle of Camdash in 2009 with yeah. the Bravo company three, six, one. So yeah, I, I remember I'm, I'm not US like Army, hugely read up on it. Tell us, tell us how it went. So uh battle of Camdash, uh, basically U S army, you know, they had this idea where the road ends is where the Taliban begins. And in order to better combat the Taliban, the U S army put combat offer, uh, combat outposts, you know, in different regions of Afghanistan, you know, mm-hmm. and that was basically the presence of the United yeah. States in those areas. There was one cop in particular, uh, it was in Camdesh and, you know, this, this place was noted as like the, the great, like, I don't remember the actual nickname, but a lot of soldiers used to say that if you went to Camdesh, you were probably going to die. You know, uh, it was in like one of the most horribly, there was no strategic value to it whatsoever. It was actually placed at the bottom of a hill where three different valleys all came together. Well, uh, I don't remember. I think it was in October, if I'm if I remember correctly. But the Taliban, I think it was like three to five hundred fighters descended on this cop, and uh, they unleashed hell um, on the soldiers that were stationed there. Um, there was actually two Medal of Honor recipients that came from it: uh, Staff Sergeant Clint Romache and uh, Sergeant uh, Ty Carter. Now, when that battle uh, wrapped up, the Army launched an investigation as to how this how the U.S. could lose this combat outpost. Um, you know, despite everyone saying before, this is a horribly indefensible, you know, outpost, you know, mm-hmm. the commanders that were there kept asking the, their leadership for help, but they weren't getting anything from 361 was a squadron, was a cavalry, so they weren't getting anything from squadron to brigade. They weren't getting any answers. Uh, once... Once the army included, or once the army concluded its investigation as to what happened, the U.S. Army came down. And they fired, they fired and reprimanded brigade command teams. They fired and reprimanded the squadron command teams. Uh, they even fired some uh, commanders in those uh, in the in the in the in the squadron. Yeah. You would think you would think with that black eye sitting on the United States, 
that there would be some sort of accountability coming down in Washington over the fall of Afghanistan, right? You would think. You'd think someone somewhere would be fired or have the decency to resign. Yeah. You'd think somewhere. Yeah, and that's – so I'm, I'm I'm just trying to figure out where this I, – I, I don't know if you have the answers because I don't have the answers. But where along the line did the Army just – forget about accountability when i was when i was in the uh the sergeant's academy um we were constantly bombarded with accountability 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 i i, I said it when i called in the other day that when private joe snuffy on my team messed up i would take accountability for that soldier right and then i would then hold that soldier accountable right so i i don't understand how they can if they if Junior NCOs, like the sergeants and staff sergeants, are expected to hold accountability. How do they continue to – what's the best I can put this? How can they continue to look forward to their leadership above them to keep accountability of themselves? I, this I don't is one know of the big changes I saw. Yeah, this is one of the big changes I saw in the military when I was in, was after 2015, 2016-ish, just – Accountability was less on the higher ups, and basically they they try to find a fall guy to throw it down on. So they would find they would find somebody you know along the line that had even the smallest sliver of uh, that like the smallest smallest sliver of involvement in that operation to pin it all on. So I mean, if if the if the big wigs up in D.C. have screwed up. Who are they going to pin this on? You know, they're going to pin it on Donald Trump. I mean, they're already they're already telling us what they plan to do. I mean, this this is not your grandfather's military. It's not. And yeah. so the Japanese the Japanese had a practice called seppuku. Um, it's yeah. sometimes referred to as like harakiri, and it's the idea that when a a soldier or a general loses in shame that they don't go back they don't resign they don't get fired they stab themselves in the stomach and kill themselves because they've brought shame on themselves their family their house right their ancestors they they this is in like war movies you'll see it in any like world war ii movie in the pacific the soldiers the generals the officers will kill themselves rather than face the shame of their defeat now i'm not saying we need that today i'm not saying we need that but we need shame. We shame is what is missing. And obviously, yeah. we, we don't want we don't want people spitting on soldiers like they did in Vietnam. That's not the kind of shame I'm talking about. The people when they make tr truly terrible mistakes should feel ashamed of it. They should. And I think the problem here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You can see a different angle. That's fine. I think one of the problems here. Is that the military, the not the enlisted men, because it's not the problem with the boots, as we say, it's the problem with the suits. Yep. The actual careerists, I don't think they see the military's goal as winning wars. I don't think that they believe that is what the military's purpose is. I think there are a lot of people in the Pentagon who see the military's purpose more as a humanitarian effort. More as a humanitarian effort. And listen, there was a part of that in Afghanistan, there's a part of that in Iraq, sure. But I don't think their actual goal is to win wars. If that was their goal, then you don't leave Americans behind, right? You don't just tuck no. tail and run 
and leave all of the weapons to the enemy. I don't think that they actually want to win wars. And, and that might be why we haven't technically won a war in a long time. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I kind of see it. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm jaded from what I saw when I was in the military, but I see more of it as personal gratification and satisfaction. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's I, true. I used to, I used to argue, I used to argue on, I won't say argue, but I used to have disagreements because I, because the way, the way I trained my, my soldiers when I was in the army was different than most. I mean, after 2017, you started to see less and less NCOs, non-commissioned officers um, with combat patches and deployment awards. Uh, I remember when I got to my last unit before I got out, uh, I was the only NCO, you know, besides my first sergeant and like one or two platoon sergeants that had combat awards on my uniform. And I used to get in, I used to get in arguments because the way I used to train my soldiers was the way that my NCOs trained me when I was a private. Because my NCOs actually got me ready for combat. So I took that experience yeah. to my new soldiers, you know, just kids that are like 18, 19, 20 years old. I took my experience that I learned from overseas and from my previous NCOs. And I tried installing that on my soldiers, right? And I would actually draw criticism from the other NCOs. And I'm not, again, I'm to any veteran that's listening, I'm not tarnishing your service if you didn't go overseas. We just have different opinions on how we see day-to-day -day operations. Okay. Yeah. You know, you're wearing the uni you're wearing the uniform. I support you. But I would, I would, like I said, I would draw criticism from guys that didn't deploy. And you know, a lot of the things I saw that in those in the soldiers that didn't deploy were that they seemed to be mostly in it for themselves. I'm not saying all of them. Just saying the the, the ones that I had the biggest issues with. You know, I I, I worked with guys that. You know, we're completely satisfied with not going overseas. They were just happy to be in and happy to help. And I had great days with those guys. But the ones that I had the biggest disagreements were, were with were the ones that just seemed like they were in it for themselves, that this was, you know, to uh, better than, or to make themselves look better in the eyes of, you know, yeah. the commanders to the sergeant major to the brigade commander. I mean, I mean, I don't know, like it kind of like, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm at a No, I'm I, 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 I like, Mine's thinking I about mean, 20 different things. I know, but like, I, I don't think there's an answer for why the military doesn't want to win a war. I don't think there's an answer for why there are generals in the military more interested in making sure that enlisted men can have gender reassignment surgeries than they care about getting every American out of Afghanistan. I mean, that that's a true statement. Yeah. I mean, th there are generals who spent more time on the gender reassignment surgery than they, than they spent on the evacuation. That's true. I don't, I don't know if there's an answer for it. I mean, I think at all levels of our government, I was saying this with Jeff in the first hour, with at all levels of our government, there is an illness. There is a disease, whether you want to call it leftism, whether you want to call it wokeism. I don't, th I don't think it's truly anti-Americanism because I think that many of these people who are crazy like this still salute the flag, still do believe they're doing the right thing for America. But it's just so yeah. deeply enrooted in, in these agencies, departments, and the Pentagon. I don't know how you fix it without completely cleaning house. And I don't know if it's even possible to completely clean house. 
I mean, maybe we need another government shutdown. Maybe we need that to get a break. I don't know. Uh, but I, I hear what you're saying. It, everything you're saying makes sense. And and it's not the enlisted men's fault. It's not the, the combat veterans' fault that this happened. And that's why it's so heartbreaking. I'm still talking to veterans, trying to piece this all together in their mind. Um, it's just been so heartbreaking. But I, I understand. It, it, we can explain it. But this, at, at, at a certain point, it just we become at a loss for words because it just stops making sense. It, it's, it's the age, it's the age of wokeism, Max. I mean, what do you, you go on social media? I mean, we're in, we're in the TikTok generation. I mean, you, you open up TikTok and just go through, and this is why I don't own TikTok one, because it was owned by China and two, just because the videos I did see from it were just so disgusting. But you go through TikTok and like, everything is just woke BS. And I think, you know, I think the older generation, I think they still want to be viewed favorable, you know, in the eyes of yeah. the younger generation. They want to appeal to the younger. And there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the younger generation. I mean, some of the stuff that they, I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm only in my, I'm almost in my 30s. Like, I, I guess, you know, I'm starting to become my parents at this aspect. But I see a lot of the stuff on social media today, and I'm like, what the hell is going on, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it, it, it's 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 part of getting older, right? I mean, yeah. you you remember you're 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 close to my age. You remember like AOL Instant Messenger, and, and all that kind yep. of stuff. And 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 we never wanted parents looking over our shoulder when we were talking with people. It was oh, it's fine. What 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 could happen? Well, I, now we realize a lot of stuff that was happening that could have happened. No, it's it's part of getting older. I th- I think I think the other problem with the left in general is a lack of that maturity, a lack of that maturity yeah. of, of thinking, of thinking that it's perfectly acceptable to sit on your butt all day on the couch and get a government check and not go to work and not pay your rent and have someone else take care of you. I mean, that is a significant lack of maturity. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure, I'm sure a neurologist would have a field day with some brain scans of some of these <laughs> leftists who are just sitting on their butts all day. But uh, you yeah, know, there, there's so much wrong and, and I, I hate doing this, because there's also so many things to be thankful for. And uh, I, I, lots of people in the comment section are saying, make sure that I get a relaxing weekend. I think, I think I'm going to do that. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one final word, yeah. uh, Patrick, because we have one more caller on, on the line before we go for the day. But what's your final word? Okay, so my final word is, like I said, going back to accountability. I don't know if you know who uh, Walter Blackman is. Um, he's the chairman of the criminal justice reform in Phoenix, Arizona. But, uh, I did not know he that. penned a letter today. Right. Uh, I, can I re- can I read what he wrote real quick? Sure, sure, yeah. Okay, so he wrote today, to whom it may concern, I probably served 21 years in the U.S. Army. Several times during my service, I was on deployment to other countries. Was responsible for military equipment valued at millions of dollars. Trained as a private whose job was imperative to track, secure, and dispose of military equipment in accordance with military regulation. Uh, he goes on to talk about when he was a soldier at Fort Hood. Uh, they had to place a lockdown on the entire post because someone misplaced a pair of night vision goggles. And then he goes on to say, according to U.S. or according to UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, any service member of the United States Armed Forces who either willfully or by neglect sells, damages, destroys, disposes of, or otherwise mismanages U.S. military property may face charges under Article 108 of the UCMJ. And then his final paragraph says, the commander-in-chief, Joe Biden, as the secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin, 
have placed America as well as multiple other countries in a vulnerable situation by not properly handling military property. This has allowed very sensitive military equipment owned by the United States of America to fall in the hands of terroristic enemies. The Commander-in-Chief Joe Biden, as well as Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, should be held accountable in the same manner of the law as any other soldier would, uh, as any other soldier would under Article 108 of the UCMJ. And I am requesting you impeach Joe Biden and court-martial the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin based on Article 108. So, my final word basically goes back to whoever is in the position, even even current service members, you have to demand accountability. If, yeah. if your higher-ups hold you to that standard to the to accept accountability you can also demand accountability from them and there's there's an old adage when we were fire our rifles on the range doesn't matter if you're a sergeant or a private everybody is a safety you guys need to remember that that core value that everyone's a safety you can demand accountability yeah. you know if you if you get in trouble you have jag lawyers that can help you out i mean i've seen i've seen that i if I remember two that actually held commanders accountable for their actions, you know, yeah, I, no, it's doable. that's my final word is, you know, so. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for the call, Patrick. Really do appreciate it. And, and I, I hope yep. that like me, you can sit back, relax a little bit, enjoy the long weekend if it's possible. I hope I'm you can. Go, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go shoot my guns up in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> this weekend so oh, we, oh, we can do that <laughs> yeah all right it's gonna be a fun <laughs> time Trigger, a little patrick. bit of pew pew therapy ain't bad yeah that's not bad not bad at all all right thanks patrick <laughs> have a great week yep thank you take care of you too one more caller before we break for the day and, and i'm not sure if we're gonna have a podcast on monday i don't think we've actually talked about that but if we do we will be live I mean, I mean, that's a stupid statement. If we have the podcast, we'll be live. But uh, stay tuned for that. We will we'll figure that out after we get off the air today. But we have one more caller on deck. We have Zach. Zach hasn't called in for a while, and he's been in the DLive comment section. I've been encouraging him to call in, so we, we have him on the line now. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you, Max. How you been? Oh, I've been well, pretty good. Well, I haven't heard. I haven't heard than that good, it seems. I haven't heard your deep, sultry tones for a while. I'm not hopeless. I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm hopeful, but it's getting harder and harder to be hopeful. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm no pessimist. I always like to think of my glass as half full, but part of being hopeful is, is recognizing everything going wrong. And there's a lot going wrong. Well, we have to win back our freedom, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that, that's, that's, people are like fight for your freedom we've already lost our freedom yeah i mean we have we we yeah you're right i mean you there are certain freedoms you still have but as long as one freedom is infringed upon one freedom is violated you don't have your freedoms right i mean it was it was it was life liberty and property before it was life liberty and pursuit of happiness and when you don't have property rights, when you can, the government can just force you for months on end to have deadbeats living in your property without paying you. And the president of the United States admits that it's unconstitutional, but he's going to do it anyway. No, you don't have property rights. So yeah, there, there's a lot we need to fix. There's a lot we need to fix. And the longer it goes unfixed, the harder it's going to be to fix it. Well, people start accepting the norm. And that's, I mean, a lot of my time lately has been invested in kind of the independent type 
think tanks like say Shiva or you get people like you guys are a little bit more conservative leaning, but it, it takes a village for what has oh, yeah. to be done. And the grassroots is really, I mean, everyone is always like, what can I do? What can I do? It's like organize with your local people, guys. You, I mean, I guess I talked to Josh a little bit and I, I didn't know which way you'd want to take it, but we can either go into the macro of what's going on right now. Or I was, the other thing I was kind of thinking about is talking about unions just a little bit. Let's do the macro. Let's do the macro. Because I think the unions is going to be a rabbit hole. <laughs> but I have just as many criticisms about unions. <laughs> well, it, it ties into kind of the macro because people have, there's always been this like wishful thinking of Americans that someone's going to save them or some, some leader is going to all of a sudden come out and and save everybody. And the reality of the situation is there's, there is nobody to save you. I mean, you have to save yourself and work every yeah. single day. I mean, I, there are conversations I have with leftists that is, they're horrible. I mean, there's, there's no other way around it. it it's horrible. But if you have one rewarding conversation where you convert someone, I mean, that's public perception is shifting right now. Whether whether you see it or not, I know you don't follow follow a lot of liberal media, but it oh, is no. I have to. People are like, I have to follow it. I have right. to follow it, which which is which is probably why I'm I'm so borderline depressed because <laughs> I just see like craziness. <laughs> I see craziness, right? And, I, and it just it's not real. It's not real. The fantasy land that they've been living in for the past five years, because they were living in this fantasy land under Trump too. It's just not real. They they see the world through a, a, a not not like a, a literally perverted lens, but is a perversion the way that they actually interpret the world around them. I mean to to I mean just the one Texas example, like where I say, oh, this new law about abortion will harm black people. Well, abortion harms black people. Like well, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I, and 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 that's what this all feels like. It feels like in a year. Yes. Yes. Entire generations have been lost, but no, I I know exactly what you're saying. So when you talk to like true crazy, like woohoo, like they think that Joe Biden's doing a great job. Do you are you able to make any any ground like gain any ground on them, or, or are they just firmly entrenched in the crazy? Some people are, but you have to like this is this is the hard thing that I run into when I I talk to people online because if you there's so much deflection between the Trumpsters and the Biden people that no one really looks at a situation and says, you know what, that's right. That's what Trump did. There was pretty, was pretty bad. And then keep continuing the conversation to get into, well, now we're talking about Biden. We're not talking about Trump. So let's yeah, talk about yeah. this situation as a whole. And, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then no. actually get into information with them because the only way that you're going to be able to break through the propaganda is if you can actually say show me don't tell me and then go through yeah. the information with them and some people don't want to i mean that and you look at those people and you're like well you're a lost cause and a waste of my time so i'm not going to chat but some people will listen like i was talking to someone a couple days ago is before this latest news broke but they actually believed that Joe Biden didn't have kids in cages. Like they actually believed that the minute Joe Biden was elected president or installed as president, 
they, they truly believed that there were all the kids that were kept in any detention facility were just released. The detention facilities in Texas are operating at over 700% capacity. There are more kids in quote unquote cages than there ever have been. And there was just a report out this week that the Biden administration of the, of the illegal alien kids that they have released into the interior, they have lost one third of them. Those kids have been trafficked. They've been lost. They have no idea where they are. When Donald Trump did that, they said it was an impeachable offense. When Joe Biden does it, they claim it isn't happening. I, I, I don't know why I, I feel surprised at the complete lack of principle that I see from leftists today. I shouldn't be surprised. I knew it was going to be that way. But still part of me thought that after four years of, of digging the trenches and saying, this is where we stand on this issue, I didn't think that they just run away from it the minute they the minute it was presented to them that their guy's just as bad. It's just it, it's heartbreaking because seeing that he's just as bad. Like that's yeah. That's what I'm seeing. I in Minnesota maybe it's different because our liberals aren't so nutty. Like mm-hmm. like California liberals. Like the Midwest still has like a work ethic to it. So you don't have the just straight I want to live off the system kind of people. There's yeah. some of that, but it's definitely not the majority. And when when I talk to the more centrist or like even my brother who's a little bit more him and I are like yin and yang. I'm more of the conservative centrist and he's more liberal centrist. But he can see I mean, you talk about the banks and, and the Fed and bailing out Wall Street and what happens in today's media is people are gifted a narrative from the establishment. And they yeah. dig the trenches to the right and they dig the trenches for the left and people will die in that trench that the establishment builds for them. And what people have to start doing yeah. is just being like, you know what? I'm not just going to say I I'm against vaccines. It's like, Oh, I see you care about health. Did you see that obesity report that 33% of people yeah. that died of COVID had an obesity problem? And let's talk, if every life matters, then obesity should certainly matter because obesity is on the rise in the United States and take it to you have to shift the narrative into a new paradigm because if you sit in what yeah. they create for you, it's just going to be more of the same. And I think that there is, we don't talk about it as much on the show anymore because there's so much going wrong, but I think there's more common ground among central liberal centrist liberals and centrist Republicans. Like I don't want to bail out banks. I don't want that. I mean, like, as crazy as the Occupy Wall Street movement was, I mean, there is a lot of wealth that has become so centralized and and held by a very small minority of people. Um, it's dangerous. It's dangerous in any system of government. I don't want to take it to communism, right? I'm, I'm not down with that. But government shouldn't be funneling more money into the wealthy and the powerful's pockets on purpose, deliberately, right? That I, I, I'll stand shoulder the shoulder with them on that all day long. But what we saw, and we've covered this on the show a lot is when that narrative started to actually gain ground, you saw the media shift from a socioeconomic, um, tact to now presenting racial inequality. The racial inequality was a way for them to get the monkey off of their back to get leftists to stop going after them. They don't, I mean, mainstream media doesn't want eat the rich to be the trending headline because they're going to get eaten. So I, I think a lot of the, a lot of the disconnect, not, not a lot of the the fissures 
separating conservatives and liberals. There are a lot of real policy differences that we are opposed on and we will never see eye to eye, right? But on the on the really basic stuff, like the central stuff, the fissures are, are artificial. They, they were put there by other people. There's no reason that we should not agree on certain issues. And there's plenty of issues we can agree on. But there are very powerful, very wealthy people who want us to be opposed. Like it, 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 it's very obvious. And I've seen, I mean, you could see it with like the Mueller report, for instance, and kind of this is like probably my biggest criticism of Trump because Trump was just too stupid to be president. He was a bull in a china shop and he let McConnell and Graham be like, yo, let's let this play out to the fullest extent that it can play out because if oh, he got it, very bad advice, like crazy news story. Yeah. What'd you say? Yeah. Yeah, he got he got terrible advice. He should have shut it down day one. Should have shut it down day one, and then just gotten back to leading. And if the Republicans didn't support him, then hey, we know we now know the Republicans were never going to support him. So that was the lie that 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 uh, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell told him was that we support you. They never supported him. They never wanted him. They would have preferred to be a minority party. Now he, you're right. He he got terrible advice, and I don't think it, it's it, it was that he was too dumb. He just wasn't, he wasn't a politician. That helped get him elected. But when you actually get into the White House and you have to fill these positions, um, he, he filled them with really bad people who gave him really bad advice. I think, I think if he runs again and if he wins, I don't think he'll see the same cabinet. I really hope so. Because, I mean, so answer, answer me this, if, if you're going to go kind of that route, do you know who is a real a conservative and who is a rhino correct yeah yeah I, I i can usually tell it's it's like you know some people have like gaydar they can just tell when they there's gay people around i have that with rhinos <laughs> well and and liberal i mean you can just see corruption you you start watching the narratives that they put out and and the legislation that's passed and what really has to happen before 2024 is we have to figure out how to audit government spending and then also attach that to the taxpayer dollars that you put in every single year. Because they take out money every single check and every single check, and then you get money back at the end of the year. But people don't realize how much they're actually taking out of your paycheck. And, and it's an interest-free loan. How that money is spent in government. And that's yeah. another uniting factor where it's like, why can't we fix the homelessness problem in California? Or why don't they have responsible forestry practices? And getting into actual conversations of what's what's good or like an abortion where do you draw the line I've, I've had this conversation with my brother quite a few times where where is a human a human and you no longer can kill a baby that's in the mother because it's for some people yes they get raped and there are situations that they shouldn't have to keep the kid but for the people that just were irresponsible and had unprotected sex and now they're using abortion as a contraceptive it's like that's not that's not what abortion is supposed to be yeah. for, guy. Like, but it happened, well, and and people weren't aware of it, and now we're playing the catch-up game now. Where that's why it feels so hopeless is because everyone's just the saturation of information is it's amazing what the internet did, but it's also a very powerful tool that if people know people are waking up, they can easily plant narratives to kind of keep the population divided while yeah. our political class our money basically 
I, I think the issue, the question of when is an unborn baby a human, I think an unborn baby is always a human. It's never a different species, right? <laughs> it's always a, it's always a human being. I agree. It's always you. a homo sapien. Um, but, but I, I do that think practice for society. Th there are, yeah, there are other, there are ex there. And I work with pro-life people all the time and I disagree with them. People who have very set in stone beliefs, people who believe that a condom is abortifacient and they believe that anything that stops a sperm from reaching the egg is equivalent to an abortion and that to me is just so far out there but then you have the you have the other side that believes you have the right to kill in a baby a baby after they are already born and that if the mother decides yeah. they don't want the baby after the baby's born they can somehow like withhold life-saving uh, medical care to the child so there, there are extremes the on both ends. Special needs, they can kill the child too. That's another. I saw, I, I saw that today. I saw that today on Twitter because I do follow leftist Twitter, and I regret it most often. But I followed it, and the narrative that's coming out is that they're saying in Texas, because abortions after six weeks, after a heartbeat can be detected, will be made illegal. They said, the, I don't know if this is true, but that's what they're they're saying. That Down syndrome, the test for Down syndrome, can't be performed until somewhere around ten weeks. So what they're saying is because because this baby there will see, you'll see more babies born with Down syndrome in Texas and that is bad and therefore we should get rid of this law. And I look at that and I'm like, well, have you ever met anyone with Down syndrome? I've met a bunch of people with Down syndrome. They're the most loving, caring, um, funny people that I've met. Yeah, they they, they they genuine, genuine as genuine as as, it, as they come. And obviously, yeah, life has dealt them a difficult hand. And, and for some, it's a very difficult road. And especially for the parents who take care of them, it's a very difficult road. But it's a road that is, is rewarding in different ways, but, all, but also very rewarding. And I, I see that on Twitter. And I'm like, this man is, is talking about killing children because of the way that they are. And I'm just like, how do you, how do you debate that? How do you argue how do you reach common ground on someone with someone who believes that a disability should be a justification for murder i just i don't i, I just when you think that maybe I mean, you can twitter, have a conversation with these people they, they come out with that never twitter max twitter is full <laughs> well, of bots and fake accounts i know and just not real people and the, and they use accounts on there and then they'll upvote it with all their bots and make things trend and that's twitter is like the number one propaganda tool they use right now that and tiktok oh, is starting to become another huge one but it's all that that is the king of fake narratives so there are but that's a that, that but that's a real democrat that, position that's a real democrat position now you think so that that came from have I, you had I, I that conversation I have, I have had that conversation with people. I mean, when you look, when you in look at life, Europe, not I, on the internet. Yeah, yeah, in real life. When you look at, I think it was Iceland. Iceland had a, a it was either Iceland or Greenland. They had a celebration because they had eradicated Down syndrome through abortion. They eradicated it. that. They had, they had a celebration. They put out a press release. No babies were born with Down syndrome for the first time ever in a, in a year. What they don't say is that the reason no babies were born with Down syndrome is we killed them all. But that, but like that's that's what they did. They killed all the babies with Down syndrome so none of them could be born. But they put out this press release celebrating 
oh, we have eradicated Down syndrome, almost like it is a disease as opposed to just just a life, right? No, th- th- that is a real argument that you will find from leftists. It's not made up. And, I, and they're blue check marks. I don't really care about the blue check marks, but uh, yeah, th- there are actual people talking about this. Well, blue check marks is that, I mean, all you have to do is pay enough money and you can be a blue check mark. You can buy followers on Twitter. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but when, when it's a blue check mark who also has a column in the paper, um, and also is a talking head on, on television. It, it's harder to say that they're just a bot, right? Because <laughs> I've actually seen them. <laughs> I know that they're a real person. I get that. Yeah. It's And that's something that I think are real conversations around that is, is how you're going to get some of the more traditional Democrats to say, this is like, I believe that abortion, you have the right to choose for your body. But I also think that if you go through life being promiscuous, you also are going to have to live with some of your consequences for the decisions that you make and not getting an IUD for your kid when they're young, because parents think that their kid isn't going to be active. And they're this angel is kind of a flip side of the argument that I think what we need to do is focus more on the contraceptives and less on the abortion. Cause you're even seeing in the media where the people are using abortion as birth control. And it's like, yeah, yeah. If if you yeah. make the decision, it's not like someone just planted this baby in you, and you all of a sudden have to deal with a baby. And like you made the decision as an individual to be sexually active. So now here's the consequence for the decision. And everyone thinks that having a kid young is bad, but sometimes what that does is it really grows people up quickly. Yeah, and you know what? I know people. I know people who are empty nesters in their 40s empty nesters their kids are now going to college right and uh like in the late 30s early 40s they just get to live a great life they're 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 they still work but their life is a vacation so it's not all bad it's not all bad as long as you have support system to help you it, it can be listen all life all babies are a blessing um sometimes they're a blessing in disguise but yeah, no, that's that's something that the more I try to find common ground and, and explain to people, the more I see crazy, crazy comments. Give you one final word because we have to wrap up because we're a little over time. Zach, what's your final word for everyone listening? My final word would be talk to those same people that think abortion is good and we shouldn't stop it into trying to create a narrative that is kind of like a public program to keep babies. That, yeah. that seems to be kind of the, as I have these debates with people, something that they can't really get past because no one really wants to kill babies, but they also don't want to make decisions for other people. So if we can find, there, there has to be in all the ingenuity in the United States, a way to structure it differently, whether the kid goes up for adoption and you have parents that are like you get 10 grand for for putting your kid up for adoption because you don't really want a kid and that saves their life like churches would get on board with that there's there's so many things that's that and i think organized religion has been really falling on their face as far as doing yeah. something to make a difference in today's day and age well well thank that's you zach for the call I, I know it's been a while since you called in i want to let you get all your thoughts out Thanks so much for the call, and I hope you have a, a good, restful weekend. Yeah, you too, and Josh as well. I didn't, I didn't tell him to have a good weekend, but have a good one. <laughs> have a good one.
So we're up against a hard break because we have Modern Patriot coming on um, at the top of the hour. So not right now, but at the top of the next hour. So make sure you tune into that. Also want to announce to everyone, if we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, I have finally figured out Telegram. Took me a while, but I finally figured out Telegram. I have 31 subscribers. You can find me at, um, at Max J. McGuire. Um, the link is t.me and then forward slash Max J. McGuire. Find me there. Um, Joe said he was going to share me out. I don't think it's happened yet because I still only have 31 subscribers. But yeah, find me there. I'm going to be posting more stuff there, posting show links there more regularly. Um, so yeah, go and find me on Telegram and uh, help me help teach me how it works. I still don't think I know how it works, but uh, I'll spend the weekend tooling around on it and finding out. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. I hope everyone has a great restful weekend. Um, I'm going to try and do that as best as I can. In the meantime, though, make sure you subscribe to the audio version of the podcast. Can't stress it enough. You got to sign up for the audio version. Even if you watch us live, please do subscribe. Set it to auto download because that is how we can prove the numbers to our advertisers. They don't care about how many people watch live. They care about audio downloads. So we need your help to make that happen. And if you have an iPhone, an iPad, or a MacBook, please do subscribe to the Apple Podcast link and also give us a five-star review. Very, very important. It has to be five-star and help us rise up in the rankings. We go live right now. We go live at, at 1 p.m., uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, but that will be changing. Stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, just check out all the links in the store, including the link to our new Conservative Daily store. Um, it's pretty hot. I keep saying that. It's a hot new store. Check it out there. We're going to have more stuff coming in the next week or two as well on there. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.